Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. That's it. National <laughs> Basketball Association. Yes. Hater, hider, hoder, and welcome to Nuck a Few Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show, brought to you by me, Devin Zanskis, and Hoopheads, as always. Today, I'm joined by friends of the show, uh, Colin, Ford on me, C-Man, Kali Wally, Wumpkins, Bartleme. Hey, it's uh, an honor and a pleasure to be here. Oh. The Nuck of You Buck podcast is kind of like the, uh, like kind of like the Fraser of Milwaukee. You know, it really means a lot. And it's kind of been my it's mental health booster uh, yeah. since uh, the show. Well, it's a great show. You should check it out. But it's kind of been my mental health booster since uh, you know, Buck season started <laughs> last year. So I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. We have many things to work on. And then to Bradley B-Rad Bradley B-Rabbit Kaler Yo, so good to be back on the show I guess if this show is Frasier you know, I'll be your Niles today uh, I'm just happy to be back <laughs> on the show, happy to be talking on. Bucks I also like to make a correction, I said yes, Bucks last year, I meant Nucky Buck podcast last year, like the, this podcast started last year We get it, very good <laughs> All right, everyone. Let's keep it to references that maybe I get. Ah, no, you go 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 crazy for the intros. Now, next, 
Henry, Hendog, Henroy, Tentai, Donado, Morgan. Uh, hey everybody, it's it's Mother Hen in the coop. Uh, I'm excited to be on to talk Bucks, talk Milwaukee. Uh, I haven't been uh, sober in four weeks. Not sure if that's how long playoffs have been going, but it feels that way. So, thanks for joining us, uh, Mother Hen. And then Andrew, Andy, Dr. Druben Smurts, Evil Incorporated, Gleason. Woot woot. Woot woot. Woot woot. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it means a lot. Go Bucks. Big fan here. Big fan of the pod. Long time listener, first time call. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining me from the bottom of my heart. You guys are obviously some of my best friends. Some and you guys have said some of you some of, some of you are good acquaintances below, below. and I appreciate all the support that you've given me of course. now ever since uh, this pa- let's see our last recording on Sunday uh, a bit of news has happened and I believe our Milwaukee Bucks are the NBA champions of the world I nearly forgot to mention that piece, but also thank you to all of our listeners out there who have stuck with me as well. Uh, This is episode 49, and we will be... uh, How perfect would it have been if I could have just recorded one more all this time for this to be our 50th episode spectacular for Giannis scoring 50 points, only the seventh player to do so of all time? (laughs) <laughs> and it's our first championship in 50 years, too, so and don't pretty forget, crazy. For those who don't, you know, this isn't a video podcast, but Devin has gotten us a 50-piece McNugget for this recording. McMini, not 49, not 51, 50 McMinis brought to you uh, brought to you by McDonald's, the sponsor of the show, of course, uh, not Chick-fil-A. Um, but yeah, of course, we're also off that yak a bit. Um, I, I must say... Fellas, I drove around Milwaukee for a good hour, no joke, looking for a fifth of Henny so I could have my own J.R. Smith moment. And I don't know whether or not to be disappointed in Milwaukee for not stocking up enough on that hen. Henry, thank you. I think, I or think, for drinking through it. I, just, I, th- I think the city just drank through the, uh, the Henny supply. The, uh, the bar's closed on us. The other night, mm-hmm. uh, so I I can assume, and you know, with all these uh, you know shipping problems that have been going on internationally, I can only assume that Well, Devin, if you want to have that Jr. Smith moment, you can always take your shirt off. <laughs> I don't know. I will say I am wearing a very special shirt today in honor of our new sponsors, but we will be getting into that. Uh, later uh yeah so if you can't tell i'm a bit disorganized for this episode but i of course had to bring on a few friends to kind of go over all the happenings and speaking of which just paint the scene for you we got the chicken mcminis we got some hen dog and we also got uh on volume zero uh the second half of of game six we also got uh devin booker complaining silently in the background Mm mm-hmm they're old (laughs) And it is what it is. Yeah, later on we will be getting to a a big Giannis Thunders dunk to come in the fourth quarter. Um, and then, yeah, of course, we're in the midst of this is the third quarter. We're in the midst of, sec- of Giannis's second 20-point uh, quarter of 
the playoffs uh, before he did it once before in the playoffs. I don't remember which series. Y'all could remind me. But it was the first time someone had done that since Michael Jordan, I believe. I'm going to keep spewing facts. In a playoff series? Yeah, I don't I don't know how many have done it multiple times. But 20-point quarter? Yeah, right. I don't know third, shit. Third quarter against the Hawks. That's right, yeah. God yeah. damn it. Oh, I should also say in this recording, um, parental advisory warning. Um, we may be dropping some Fs. We may be dropping some Ds, some Hs, some Ss. Some um, H-E double hockey sticks. Yeah, some of that action. So Knock a few buck is for the people, but it's, it's for the kids, but not this episode. Me and my little cousins, we, we love to watch the show, but, uh, you know, I think... It's time, it's, time to put the kids to bed. it's time to <laughs> yeah. It's just like we put the suns. It's time. It's time for bed tonight. So it's yeah. time. So we're gonna we're a little sunburnt. So we're gonna get a rest. Yeah. As yeah, I was gonna. I was. I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna make a Mister Bacon a joke, but it was not gonna work there. Uh, so yeah, they can get the hell out of here. Anyways, guys. Um, so, yeah, we see right there Giannis barreling through DeAndre Ayton again. Um, plenty of big Giannis moments in, in this series alone. He had three separate nights of 40 points or more. I don't have the list of how many players have done that, but that has to be a short list as well. Shaq, Jordan, probably. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, um, we got, does anyone else have any favorite moments of this series? Um, let me, let me take a poll, which, raise your hand, I know this is an audio recording, but raise your hand if you appreciate the Giannis LeBlanc more, Raise your hand for the LeBlanc. LeBlanc. Le, Le Black. I think me versus what? what? I mean, the block was insane. You know what? Uh, put, just so everyone can see, I am putting a hand up, but wait for the little surprise that's coming up. In a well, I will say me and Brad got about the block because we were in attendance for the block. Yeah. Pretty beastie, I'll say it. It was beastie. Beastie. Yeah. I, I would say your, your view is probably better than mine. I was on the opposite side of the court, opposite corner. So for me, I was just like, I just saw him jump, and I, I didn't, I couldn't tell how far away he was from Aiden at the time or anything. But right away, I knew like that's a special play, and I was like, I'm not gonna forget that. Yeah, I think you were closer to that side of the court, kind of basket side. I was, I was up top that corner, so I yeah. had a perfect view of this. I was opposite side, but I had perfect view of it. Yeah. Perfect, it's awesome. The crowd went wild. My dad got a little kooky, uncharacteristic of him, but... <laughs> Mr. Jean. <laughs> Not Jim Paschke, of course. Uh, we harked <laughs> heart Jim Paschke here, but also Jim Gleason, <laughs> friend of the pod. I guess there are now hey, two sure. friends of the pod in Mr. Jean. Jim Paschke, you have an open invitation to this show. Um, so that is that the... Con- not the consensus, but the majority here likes the LeBron block better than the recovery block. I'm sorry. Where he was guarding both Booker and Aiton. Oh, we were talking so, about the recovery wait, are you talking? Sorry. There were there two block memorable blocks from the He's series. He's talking there about game one. one there was one. There was the coast-to-coast LeBron block, which was yes. very cool. I think that was in game three, though. I don't, re- I don't remember which game it was. Game one. Game one, because it was in Phoenix. And 
Yeah, no, I think <clears throat> really looking at these plays athletically, that one maybe surprised me the most just because, I don't know. But the timing on that was insane. It was game one. We didn't know how healthy Giannis was, which was a big part of that game. And when I saw him go, hit that coast-to-coast dunk, athleticism, beating guards down the court, long strides, jumping, perfect timing, blocking it. I was just like, you know what? Come, come game three, you, you know, maybe I'm not worried about Giannis anymore. Maybe that's totally out of the story. I think that was the one that maybe gave me the most hope after going down game one. Game two, obviously, he showed we had nothing more to worry about Giannis. Well, we're not talking about He's the one against... Four, 40. It's not the one against DeAndre, right? Is that... No, we were talking about uh, another one. When he came up at yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like uh, the one that was like LeBron. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that one's different. Yeah, part of my stutter. Sorry if that was confusing. But. I will say, though, the uh, game four alley or uh, game five alley-oop. About value. That, value. that was very like, it was a defensive play essentially to win the game. And that was kind of indicative of how the whole series was won is our defense kind of just smothering them and we were big, they were small. Kind of was like a, you know, picture-perfect moment to show how we kind of won throughout the whole playoffs, honestly, was our historic defense. And and something I'd like to say is, like, if you get into, like, philosophically, how the Bucs played throwing that alley-oop to Giannis, that's playing to win, not playing not to lose. We could have dribbled out Try to waste a few more seconds off the clock and shoot free throws. But, I mean, that's not who Giannis is. He's 100% all the time. He ran down the court. He said, throw me the ball. Think of all the things that could have gone wrong. Especially Chris Paul, he's like, I don't want him to score. You know, he gives him a good push. If he misses that, Giannis is going to the line. But instead, you know, he goes, he finishes it, he gets the foul, and it doesn't matter. We'll the Bucks are playing to win, not to not win. Well, I mean, you, you could, and it needs to be mentioned. Drew Holiday has some big balls for throwing that. <laughs> for throwing just that. for throwing it. We're allowed to say balls on the show. Uh, you may say as in clackers. Balls, like and, and relating to balls, Chris Paul straight up pushed Giannis in the balls on the play. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, it's bang bang." Other people say, oh, it should have been a, you know, flagrant, technical, whatever. I'm just saying, kind of sus. I I'm, don't know. And I'm just going to say, ball don't lie. We won the game. Hey, ball don't lie. <laughs> yeah. Balls don't lie. Balls, balls, don't, don't, lie. balls don't lie. The pathetic foul of the, yeah. This, this might also be, like, controversial, but I feel like it, it isn't. We, we should also remind ourselves that I think it was in the first quarter when uh, Booker got that breakaway, and then Giannis chased after him as well and kind of grabbed his wrist when he was already up there. It might not have been quite oh, as dangerous, that was, yeah. Yeah. but there, that was, was another... There was a play on the ball on that. Yeah. You could argue... More so. You could argue... Definitely you know, more so. Well, I think, since we were watching at the bar, we didn't hear this, but there was a whistle earlier on that play. Giannis didn't hear it, obviously, the play. Well, we we're talking about uh, Booker. Game 5, Booker. And there's a foul on that play, so none of that even counted in the end. Uh, I mean, it was, I guess, unnecessary. It's probably still unnecessary for Booker to run and try to dunk it. Just a misunderstanding and, I guess, aggressive play. I, I don't blame Chris Paul too much because, really, his goal on that play was, I do not want, I want to put Giannis at the line. I'm going to follow him as hard as I can. And 
I mean, sure, you can not, not like it, but in the end, we won, so I, I don't care. <laughs> See, yeah. I will say the foul on Booker or the foul of the excessive contact, Giannis is much, much bigger than Booker, and it may have seemed harder than it was simply for the discrepancy in size and weight. But I don't think there was any uh, ill intentions on either the Giannis play on Booker or the Chris Ball play on Giannis at the end. I think he was just trying to get a good hard foul. I'm not a huge Chris Ball fan. It's documented, but I don't think there was any ill intent there. I'll give him a pass. He gets a pass. But yeah, definitely documented in the burners out there. Um, Thunderous Brooke Lopez dunk as well on the screen as we record. Um, That one doesn't get enough love, I feel like, on Twitter. It's not getting the love that it deserves. That was... We just have, like, such an all-around, like, awesome team. Like, everybody's got their role that they contribute towards. Like, you got some guys like P.J. Tucker or Bobby Portis that are just, you know, they're dogs. And then you got dogs. And then, yeah, Drew on defense, just phenomenal. Uh, And then, like, like, Brooke Lopez really, I mean, he's... Always been a good offensive player, but He's the like next those, all-time leading scorer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you, you kind of forget about that with Giannis and Chris sometimes. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, a big thing that I've heard kind of the role players talk about on this team, Pat Connaughton and Bobby Portis, is they talk about just the sacrifice that people put on this team, and we don't just mean like you know they're sacrificing their bodies and stuff, but they're sacrificing their roles. I mean, you have a once-in-a-generation talent of Giannis, and you got guys who, up and down the roster, could be totally different players. And we've seen this through the playoff run when Giannis was out. Yes, that was huge. Brooke go in the post, and you see he can be a guy that can score 20-plus points in the playoffs. But you don't want him there because he's not as efficient as a Giannis. Yeah. I mean, it, I think a lot of people might not – I mean – they, they may not understand kind of the talent that's on this team just because they sacrifice a lot to be a team game, and this team is built around Giannis. This is Giannis's team. Assuming they work as an t- actual a team and no one's trying to be, like, the superstar, the front runner. They're trying to work a piece of the plan. trying to play chess <laughs> as best as they can. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. That's I, what makes this team so special. Yeah, I think that, that pretty much everybody on this team has been – Doubted to agree to a degree as is this team. Maybe maybe that applies to every team. That's true as well. But um, I mean, Giannis has faced a ton of criticism for not having a jump shot or a free throw shot, which of course he finished seventeen of nineteen, I believe, from the free throw line. <laughs> yeah, that's count it. Um, that's, count that's it. horrible because Shaq he was so good at throwing, you know, doing free throws and free throws all the time, you know. So like, yeah. Um, but now it's a problem, you know. So that's <laughs> yeah. <what I> like. <laughs> So I like to mention people bring that up. Mm-hmm. And who's criticizing him, by the way? What's that? Who's criticizing him? By the haters, the way? haters, the haters, well, man, the national. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did hear from uh, Hoopheads affiliate uh, hashtag Lake, Lakers podcast. I don't think it was any of them, but uh, they were talking about the Bucks and what they could learn from from the Bucks championship. And hmm. I was tagged in it, so I just got. I just saw all the mentions with all of the. Uh, trifling ass bitches and uh <laughs> it was just just all of them saying like oh e- uh, lakers would have easily won if they would have never if they would have never gotten those injuries but 
Hey, bitches still got a first round uh, exit there. Um, I mean, we can sort of digressing from there, but I guess Giannis has also been doubted not only on offense, but but for not picking up like the best player on the other team at times, which has been questionable, of course. Like most notably in in the Heat series to begin with, he picked up Jimmy Butler and he was outscored by Bryn Forbes in the first round. Um, He's, of course, caught a bunch of shade even in this finals. There were jackasses talking about like, oh, should Chris Middleton really be the finals MVP because Chris Middleton is a closer? Shout out CJ McCollum. Yeah. (laughs) Tweaker. Um, See, I don't think defensive player of the year, you know... How come Rudy Gobert, multiple-time de- defensive player of the year, doesn't get criticized for not being an on-ball defender and the best player? It's because he plays his role and he plays it very well. He's a rim protector. Giannis is the best uh, roaming defender in the league. Why should he be criticized for doing what he does extremely well at an elite level, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, especially when you have the perimeter defenders that we had. True, Drew, Drew, Holiday, Drew Holiday, BJ okay. Tucker. Chris Milton yeah. isn't a slot either. He's, he's long, he's lengthy for mm-hmm. his size. And I really, the defense is built around good perimeter defenders and broken, broke centerpiece in the middle and then Giannis playing off ball, getting behind, getting those blocks. Mm-hmm. Those blocks, dude throughout the series too just constantly stopping shots yeah. like, and that's not even brought up enough just how many times you hear like shot block why don't come over like how many times did you hear that in the series I have not heard it as much well we, we heard it days in recent years but that was insane how many times did you hear that yeah sorry to cut you off Colin. we did hear it uh, at least five times in game seven as well because Giannis also put up the first 50 point uh, uh, five block game in NBA finals history as well uh, so just another uh, bit of history there that hopefully we won't we won't miss at all. Ooh, is that the um, that was like end. that was the goaltend? I believe Giannis had two goaltends, uh, both very close, so he could have almost had seven blocks. They were goaltends, so I won't contest yeah. it, but they were very close. So yeah, yeah, and I, I believe that's uh, the Dikembe Mutombo strategy of go up. Sometimes I'll get a goaltend, but I'm still blocking you five, six times a night, so be afraid. So uh, they'll still be thinking about that, or it'll affect, it'll affect the way they go to the basket? And I believe DeAndre Ayton was afraid to go under the hoop because he knew Giannis was there, he knew Giannis was around, so he was settling for... Similar to Bam in the bio first round. Eight-foot fadeaways, not quite his shot. He can make them, but not quite his shot. No. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's because he was afraid of Giannis. He was eating them up all series after after game three. Yeah. Yeah. So lastly, I guess we can kind of start winding back the clock a bit more. Um, well, we'll also get into the championship uh, festivities as well. But boom, let me think. I guess I'll narrow it down to two people, but really Pat Connaughton can be thrown in this as well. Between Bobby Portis and P.J. Tucker, both of them have had their series and they have not necessarily had their series even I found it pretty confusing in this series when people were complaining a lot about PJ Tucker defending some of their better players but the fact is we really it was a stretch to say we had seven or or eight playable players in this series and eventually we have to throw bodies out there and play to our strengths so 
naturally we had to have PJ Tucker check in uh, one of their two guards at some point because he he's definitely more than capable of doing so. So between PJ Tucker and then of course Bobby Portis, world famous Bobby Chance, fucking uh, I mean I've said I've said it plenty on this podcast. He's the guy that I've been most happy to be the most wrong about. <laughs> I knew he I knew he was a stretch big, but with big men. When I don't typically watch them a ton on the New York Knicks, I tend to think, well, like how how effective is this jump shot? He goes and and becomes one of the leading uh, three point shooters by percentage of this regular season, and he can also. He could move his damn feet in this all throughout these playoffs. He, that's he got, what he got cooked all, all playoffs. He was saying in, we in the bar, six, game six in the bar. So I would not shut look up. Look at that, those feet. That motherfucker can move his feet. I believe he switched on to Devin Booker on the perimeter, held his own lateral movement speed, top notch, forced a pass, and I believe it ended up in a miss. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and Devin called it. He said, look at those feet. And this will also be coming up in our rewatch, but he also locks up Jay Crowder, forces Jay Crowder to fall, fall to the ground uh, like a little brother, and then proceeds to do the Deion Sanders dance down the court. So just more evidence <laughs> of just Bobby Portis embodying the Bucks and Six culture. He's a um, collar player. And I swear he has to be shooting like, like 60% on mid-range jumpers. I feel like... I, I couldn't believe how quickly in the regular season I felt comfortable him with comfortable with him taking face up mid rangers. Anyhow, the question I'm getting to is if you had to pick one or the two, let's not put any stakes on this. Say you had to buy a jersey for one of the two, uh, who would you pick? Can I start with you, Andy? Yeah. So I will say I looked because you know I'd love to get one of those uh, championship Larry O'Brien up in the top. Uh, jerseys, and I was like, ooh, Bobby Portis, sold out of every size but a small. I wear a medium in a jersey, no dice there. So clearly, Bobby, the fan favorite, that's what I wanted. Wasn't there, so I settled on uh, the two-time NBA championship Bucks t-shirt. Okay, I definitely want to get that one, too. Um, but you, So you would choose Bobby out of the two jerseys? Out of Bobby or Connaughton? Or Connaughton or PJ. Or I guess, like, anyone besides, like, the starting five? I, I feel like it's got to be Bobby simply because his presence was known not only defensively but offensively, whereas the work that PJ did was, it can kind of go, you know, it's it's um, more in the background. He's doing defensive work, making everyone work. And, you know, zero points in 36 minutes is not as flashy. He doesn't get the appreciation. And while that's a dog mentality, PJ, or, uh, Bobby Portis kind of showed out. He's a dog. He loves the city. And, I mean, he's a king. Yeah. That's a king. He's a true king. True king. And um, I'll get to you in a second, Henry. But um, I think another part... Um, of what I really love about Bobby Portis is, I mean, he's he has a brand. His whole branding is being an underdog, but like he truly is like an underdog. Um, before this this series, he was known as the guy who punched Nikola Mir- 
Miritich in the face and his crazy uh, eyes. He's an underdog with a good undercut. I would, yeah. I would love to know the number of DNPs he collected throughout the season, only for him to kind of come alive in the playoffs. And, it was and earlier in the playoffs as well. A very pleasant surprise. Yeah. Do you have a pick between the two jerseys or a bench player's jersey if you were to get one from this series, Henry? Uh, I... Just to, I feel like Bobby's definitely the fan favorite, but uh, I have really enjoyed watching PJ Tucker during this series. Like just going hard on defense, talking shit to other players, you mm-hmm. know, talking shit to KD. Yeah, <laughs> just going crazy at the uh, at the celebration. We haven't gotten to yet, but the celebration here in Milwaukee was was something else. I watched uh, some guy from the from the fans through. A beer can to Brandon Jennings uh, during the parade. He caught it. He chugged it. You know, everybody was going crazy. Bucks and six. Uh, PJ Tucker just getting champagne all over the trophy and then wiping it off with his shirt. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I'll go for yeah. it. You know, under. I mean, he's not the flashiest player. He's not the most glamorous, but. Uh, like I said, all these guys, they're all playing their roles on the team. So that's my little ode to P.J. Tucker. Yeah. And I think with P.J., it needs to be mentioned, his reaction to any and every foul that he gets called on, it's a new meme. I know there's, I think, six or seven good uh, reactions, lest we forget the uh, oh the, the uh, Devin Booker going lateral in the air. PJ Tucker reaction like are you are you kidding me here what are you doing face to the uh, hands outstretched are you shitting me face for a very obvious foul call not only is he great on defense great on effort but he's great for memes as well so that cannot be forgotten hell yeah uh, Bradley, we've talked about this, so I know your answer. Maybe you've switched it. Do you have a choice for which bench player's jersey you would you would purchase from this run? I might get both. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm at the point where I, going into the season, I think I told Dev the Bucks win it this year. I'm going to get a Bobby Porter's jersey because I don't know. I I thought this team going in, I like those high energy players, uh, and I thought that's what Bobby Porter's was going to be. I didn't know he was going to be this good of a shooter. I was, that's a pleasant surprise. Though, I think the most important part of this whole playoffs, Henry mentioned this, was P.J. Tucker getting in Kevin Durant's face. And I was in that building, and we're down 2-0. We're at home. Obviously, you're going to get a lead. You know, you're going to play your, your guts out. You're playing with your back ends while we got the lead. And that lead, lead was winding all game. That was an ugly game. But it became personal when PJ got in his face. And that's when the whole series, the attitude for it, seemed to kind of change. It, all those games became slow, grinded out, old Eastern Conference basketball. Which, with, with the team builds, that favored us. And I cannot forget that. So that's why I want to get that... But man, Bobby's just so cool. (laughs) (laughs) He's one of those players that there's people in Wisconsin that probably haven't cared about the NBA in years, and they love Bobby Portis. Yeah, you'll see like the moms that maybe like college basketball. My dad will send me a Bobby Portis meme. (laughs) You know those dads who like you know it's I like college basketball. They they love Bobby Portis, and it's because I mean one he's likable. (laughs) 
he looks awkward on the court, but you feel like you can connect with him. And he, he's human, but he gives his all. And I love him. I'm probably going to have both jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I, I am tempted to hedge my bets that way as well. <laughs> now, uh, Kali Wally Lumpkins, you got, you got a choice Lumpkins. between the two? <laughs> Say between two and two. Or I, I'm sorry. I'm assuming the front runners for bench players' jerseys would be PJ or Bobby. Oh, Jeff, Jeff T. Jeff T. Pat Connaughton. Yeah. Pat Connaughton. The bleeding for Irish the team. King, he needs to get the mention. Yeah. I believe he shot the most crazy yeah. well in games four and five. Game six, off. he was a little quiet. Deep though, he's been those offensive rebounds from Pat Connaughton. Sneaky athleticism, very sneaky. Like, <laughs> very sneaky. Of, like a four down. Do, do you even know? Sneaky. Like because he was not, Patty C was not starting off very good. Like, he, like you said, he was starting to make them later on in the series and everything. But he was not making them in the first couple. And he's he's a little bit for me at least he's, unpredictable through through the season. Patty he's, C. He's, he's, he's and like I said, yeah, yeah, we gotta remember we lost even Chenzo, and I feel like that's lost mm-hmm. in the conversation. And Absolutely. he does not get the. I was at the parade. He does not get the respect that he deserves. He's a great player, and I'm very sad that we lost this guy. And you know what? Injuries. This the Bucks went down hit with uh, if, uh, you know Kyrie was in all this stuff. You know what? We got Devin Chenzo. And guarantee you, things would have been a little bit different. Right? Yeah, he was, he was, he's a key piece to playing chess with the Bucks. let me tell you. As, as far as DiVincenzo getting forgotten, one of the officially licensed NBA championship t-shirts on the back it has all the players listed, listed but not my Italian brother, Dante DiVincenzo. <laughs> it's missing and I Maror that's anti-Italian discrimination what would Tony say well you know a lot of bandwagon he comes out they're not even cheering for they the don't guys. even know who like, he is because he was in the there. playoffs but I mean they real fans the know throughout throughout the regular season great he was, great he guard was our fifth great, starter yeah he was a starter he was a young great player good defensively Sure, Kyrie went out. Not not that DiVincenzo can check him or anything, Why? but that's a guard who can play defense. We wouldn't be playing Jeff Teague as many minutes if we had. And the way you know, Jeff Teague had covered up, uh, you know, long in the beginning, it just wasn't. It, it was. I just think things were the chemistry. Force. You know, the, the Bucks have always worked on chemistry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, on for you know, their team, they really are a team. You know. Bobby. We got some crazy yeah. eyes on the screen yeah. right now. One thing I'd, I'd like to say but, is, you know, DiVincenzo went out. That forced us to switch and put PJ in the starting lineup, which mm-hmm. I think was... That's a, true. It was, like... It, it was... I mean, that might have had to happen in that net series anyway. Just to check KD with every minute he was in there. Yeah, yeah. that series for sure. He was... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he really was quick, he was going crazy. Really quick, we haven't <laughs> mentioned it yet. He needs the biggest shout-out of all. Coach Bud. He <laughs> has been yeah. disrespected. Oh, wow. not, not only yeah. was everyone yeah. on the fire Bud train, even into the Atlanta series, oh, why are you starting Brooke Lopez, drought yeah. coverage, Trey Young floaters, this and that. I don't want to hear it. He's a goddamn championship coach. The Two-time coach of a year. To, the adjustments he made in those finals... You know, he doesn't make adjustments, this and that. He sticks to his plan. 
adjustments galore. Honestly, throughout all the playoffs, that's the thing. Our team, like, given the playoff series, they adjusted to the roles that they needed. You know, Brooke Lopez is a rim protector, say, in the Miami Heat series, but then he was getting beat against the Hawks, so he would take 20 minutes, however many minutes a game. Uh, Coach Bud, this team is close. They adapted to their role. Bud made adjustments. He's a championship coach. We're not firing his ass. He'll get the Carlisle treatment. Even if we don't win anymore, uh, you know, championships, knock on wood. He's going to get that 10 plus years. He won us us a championship. How about not doing the adjustment that everyone thought we should do with not letting it fly from three? Every everyone on TNT, ESPN, anywhere you national news, they're like the Bucks got are the dumbest team. They can't shoot threes. They got to stop shooting threes. I mean, that's been our identity since he came here, and it's changed a bit because we used to not shoot mid range and letting Chris shoot those, letting Giannis shoot those, letting Bobby shoot those huge this year. But he, I mean, I think it took some balls to not just bend to what everyone was saying. Your job's on balls, he said. How did I say? Bud's got balls. He's got balls. <laughs> Bud's very, he sticks to what he does. Like, mm-hmm. that, well, I guess it's the adjustment problem, right? That's, but, like, he does stick to, like, okay, like, I trust these guys. Like, this is what we've been doing. Let's try this. I Like, he, he did that with the finals without question. I, I think he balanced it much better in the finals than he had. And it's a learning process throughout the season and in the, in the early stages of the playoffs. And I think really when it came to the finals, he really did adjust, especially when we went, you know, to with, uh, you know, with the Suns. So, I, 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 yeah, he's going to get, yeah, he deserves to come back. I mean, you, you you did the right thing. You deserve to come back for at least a couple more seasons. I, yeah. I think yeah. he learned from his playoff woes of the two years prior. I mean, Giannis, the player he's become, how he's elevated his game from just running dunk man and obviously I'm joking but the build the wall no from screw. the previous two years but made the adjustments he needed to this playoffs you know he recognized the wall's gonna go against Giannis so they used him more as a post player a distributor distributor they had they, yes exactly they had Drew bringing up the ball Giannis wasn't handling the ball uh, at the perimeter as much and I think Bud recognized teams are going to expect the uh, freight train running through the paint and having them collect offensive fouls. So they use them off ball, get a lot of switches, get Giannis on Cam Johnson, and just yeah. have him eat Giannis calling for the ball <laughs> and just feasting. And <laughs> so damn, I, damn well, Coach Bud needs all the respect. Uh, well, and I think people do. Remember, like, I guess this, this gets compared to, like, the Dirk strategy. Was with you know the Mavs twenty plus years twenty one twenty one hell yeah heck yes of course uh, but like it took him until twenty eleven to win a series now I know they went through a series of coaches and whatnot but like this has been eight years you know and right. since we got Giannis it's really if you the grand scheme of things this hasn't been that long Coach Bud we've had him for what you know like three two, three years. Yeah. It's normal, man. You got to adjust it. But people in sports, it's like a constant. Like every game, every every moment is the new thing. It's and what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? Right. So yeah, I mean, and, and, and the reason I bring up like, the dirt thing, of course, is because like this is like we've you been know, compared the, to that compared team. to like what we you know the stay with the team for yeah. the player. 
it took him to 2011 when he was what, drafted 94 by us, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, come on. Yeah. Trade for a guy that yeah. made the tractor so, trailer. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. Nope. So I mean, That's, like, yes, yeah, so people make their noise and everything, but for the most part, Coach Bud for the last three years has been nice. Bobby Mitterrand. done his job, and the fact that we got a uh, championship now. Yes, we we owe Bud an apology for all the fire buds and all that. Let's go yeah, soon, I mean, so quick, you know. After going to the playoffs for the last couple of years too, you know, and everything. So just come on. And relating to Dirk, we mentioned Giannis's development of the uh, mid-range fadeaway or just mid-range yes, shot. Yes, Everyone yes. talks about Giannis going to the paint. One thing he does is he's shooting the mid-range very good right now, and I mean that's been overshadowed, which makes sense because the bigger storylines were. His free throw shooting is aggressiveness in the paint. But, no, he's shooting the mid-range great. And one thing I'd like to say is I think the reason Bud gets the disrespect is he's not that big of a vocal coach. He's someone who's very calm, collective, kind of monotoned. He's not exciting. Maybe if you play the sport, that's not what you usually think of with a coach. You think of someone that just yells his head off at you. But his team is always prepared. And I think the disrespect comes from maybe some weird quotes he gets. When we see Giannis all fired up in, like, game two and yelling at the guys on the bench, and then Bud comes in and he's like, you guys got to play random. Which it's like, sure, but, like, you take that out of context, you're like, what the, what's you going on? Could you imagine Phoenix Suns fans saying, fire Monty Williams right now? Come on. You know, like, that'd be like that because we lost a championship, right? Like, the guy got... The sun's all the way here. The guys have never won a championship, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like the Bark, like, been there since, like, the Barkley days, if I'm not mistaken. Like, yeah, Barkley's yeah. last time. Yeah, yeah. I, I think people, like, maybe justifiably so, given the situations, had we not gotten to the finals, there would have been a hefty crowd still asking for Bud's job because, oh, yeah. I mean, we we won't forget the amount of injuries that happened in the Nets series that allowed us that partially allowed us to win it all. And of course, Giannis injured Kyrie, as everyone knows. Yeah, yes. <laughs> intentionally, <laughs> maliciously. Um, and then the Hawks series, where we were just obviously on paper the the better team. And oh, I love this for um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So on the screen right now, we're getting Bobby laughing, laughing at <laughs> CP3. Frank Kaminsky running in like a freaking like a chode. tank. Like yeah. a tank. Like the tank baby. We're saying chode on the pod. Sorry, guys. We have to. Acknowledge. Sorry, mom. I'm sorry. We're, we're trying to keep this as family friendly as possible. It's Frank Kaminsky yeah. the third, too. We yeah. have to acknowledge the amount of Frank Kaminsky minutes. And he was he, trash. He was trash in all of them, but the elimination game. Yeah, he, he was good at game six. He had three straight buckets or something. He was he was playing good. Too little, too yeah. late. Who would have thought? Chokes in the national championship only for him to show up against the Milwaukee Bucks. Too little, too late. Oh, Missing man. Saric, but even if they had Saric, they're not stopping our legs. Yeah, I think the big thing with Saric that I heard touched on was that. Having Saric would have allowed them to play two bigs more so rather than Kaminsky. I mean, that makes sense. You know, even even yeah, Kaminsky is. It's tough to play him at the four even nowadays. He's. I'm not, I'm not gonna say chode again, but he's slow as hell. He's a four with a five skill set. Yeah, they yeah. would have built that wall if they had two bigs. But as I was saying before, Giannis has done less of the 
Sarge is not swinging a series. We can make that clear. Giannis is still dropping 50 on him. I don't care. Yeah. You can't tell me nothing. We're champs. can't tell me Yeah. Uh, it hasn't been said yet, but it was definitely in my 3 a.m. tweets from the night of the <laughs> celebrations. Um, y'all can't tell us shit. Y'all can't take this shit from what this shit away from us. We're NBA champions, and that's on Granny. So You can call me what you like, Woot but you got to call me champ. You got to call me champ, dude. Brian Wen- As Brian Winhurst says, winning a championship means not apologizing for anything. No asterisks, no nothing. Yeah, I believe Brad and I years ago, and probably you guys as well, joked about when we win a championship, we're jumping in the river, I we're, cli- we're, climbing, we're climbing a friggin'... A light pole. A light we're pole. gonna flip the hot. <laughs> gonna we're flip flipping a cop the hot. car. It didn't happen, but uh, what did I say? What did next I say? Time. <laughs> what did I say right after we won? I said, "Fellas, let's commit some property damage because we're law-abiding citizens." Of course, but the energy was there. <laughs> yeah. So I guess now I kind of want to kind of want to move into the celebration of. Of uh, this NBA championship, this also only comes possibly once in a lifetime. Um, let's see. I mean, I know I know a number of us were were kind of jaunting downtown. Um, it, for for me, it was basic. It was super crazy to just see all the fans coming up from Brady Street, coming up to Brady Street from the Fiserv Forum. I think some of us said. Um, in hindsight, maybe we would have stuck on Brady Street because that maybe would have been more so the party. But it was just re- really awesome to to be to be oh, surrounded by all the Bucks fans. Official sponsor of the Milwaukee Bucks. Shout out to Hennessy. Yes, sir. Uh, also, the unofficial sponsor of this pod. Yes, sir. <laughs> we will we will get we will be getting into ad reads soon enough. But um, yeah, we touched on we touched on the. Uh, Bar that we went to, Mo's Irish Pub, running out of beer before we even got there. Shout out Milwaukee for that. Zocalo also ran out of beer. Zocalo ran out of beer. It oh, needs man. to be mentioned, Pete's Pub on Brady. I went there four, maybe five times throughout the playoffs. I had to keep the superstition. We did not lose every time I went there. I, <laughs> I wore the same exact clothes, went to the same bar, Riverwest Stein Pitchers, well, I gotta say, is we won. I want to think it's because I was there. Uh, it right. doesn't happen because you uh, only went to Pete's. And it's also of course. Andrew, like you said, <laughs> the times you went to Pete's Pub, they won. I went to Pete's Pub every. Oh, the, if it wasn't at Pete's Pub, it was at home. So I went to one game every series of the playoffs, yuck, except for the Heat series, which I was at the Deer District, and then they started losing the Nets. Um, or, every series, I went to at least three, four. Games, depending on what it was, and one game at home usually from, uh, on the series. Uh, and Pete's Pub was there for us. And every time I went to Pete's Pub, they won, except for one. That's when Giannis hyperextended his name. Now here's but here's the thing, and I was about to swear off Pete's Pub. I said that broke the curse. But I wasn't there. But you weren't there. Well, maybe you weren't there. That's true. But I was there multiple times before that. Though I was there when you weren't there. I just want to say. So we hyperextended his knee and. That was we were at Pete's, and oh, yeah. I said, "Oh my God, now we can't go to Pete's anymore." But then, 
we found out there was no structural damage. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, gosh, dude. Something's happened. Pete's. <laughs> and it seems like oh, darn, Pete's was... Pete's. Now, I was late to Pete's that day. I think Pete's was teaching us a lesson. They were saying, look, this is going to happen to you, honestly. But because you showed up, I'm coming back. Get her off. Get her early. What are you get doing there? Often, you know. And that's what happened. I learned my lesson. So I said uh, For to Pete's. Pete's sake. For Pete's sake, I'm going to Pete's Pub early, yeah. and I'm getting there, and I'm watching every game from now on. Also, friend of the pod, Alan Wachowski, yes, the creator yes. of App Poster for Game Day every year for the past maybe three years it is. Yeah, it's got to be three. He was also showing his ass at Pete's Pub, tracksuit for Game yeah, Day. and I. Tracks. He suited up. He was Check out his up. posters. We, get, we should plug his posters. He's on Redbubble. Mm. Uh, He's great. He's a, a great, great dude. dude. He, great art. I mean, I can't believe he did it for like every game. Yeah, every game. The dedication, grind, grind set. He he woke up and he stayed locked in, and he had the grind set. Yeah, we love to see it. Yeah, I got to shout out. We went to every time we went to Pete's Pub. It was him and I, and you know these guys uh, a good amount of times as well. And uh, we were loyal to Pete's. We never left. Um, Of course, we went to Trier once. Yeah, but uh, other than that. you know, we, we had our fair share of the, the district too, but let's be honest, the district started to get a little bit too too much. For us. So, so what was the craziest thing you guys saw during the celebration? I saw a guy uh, surfing a car. He was, on top of, <laughs> he was on top of a car, moving down Brady, acting like he was on a surfboard. I thought that was pretty fun. I think the coolest thing I saw is I dipped in kind of a side alley-ish sort of thing. Oh no! Because I really had to pee, <laughs> oh, and no. then I look over. And there's another guy taking a leak, and he just kind of goes, Bucks in six, and I'm like, yes, the city of Milwaukee, this is what I'm talking about. Blue collar city, we're taking public, you know, risking public urination Antlers out, Bucks in six. Hey, this is, this is all God's earth here. For the Bucks. That's... I forgot That's what your game. craziest moment was taking a piss at someone. Hey, it's a, it's a it's a bonding moment. It's a bonding moment. I will say that my favorite part was at the was at the parade. Um, well, I was definitely most hyped walking down towards downtown and seeing all the Bucks fans. I'd like to like towards towards the end of Game Seven. I would think. Closest connection to myself would be uh, I was recently at my niece's birthday, and you know, little kids when they like fall and they can't they can't <laughs> process like the kind of hurt that they're about to feel from falling like an inch, help my, help and they're ball. like screaming, but like no noises coming out of their mouth. That's basically me when um, when I'm like yelling bucks and six, losing my mind, hugging everybody a billion times. And basically, I'm I do I'm doing that as well while walking downtown. So that's like my most hyped moment, but my most memorable moment will probably just be being like a block away from the celebration from Fiserv. I was lucky enough to get out of the meeting early Thursday. I took a jog down to to the Fiserv from here, and yeah, I, I was able to get close to the buses. It was the closest I've ever been to Giannis. Man, that gold that jersey. Or jersey, that trophy is like the most goldest gold I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. It nearly pierced my eyeballs yeah. like a like a freaking solar eclipse. Holy cow! That's not the best analogy. But also we, seeing, we, we seeing PJ Tucker, sun, yeah, seeing PJ Tucker, right? 
Yeah, hey, solar hey. eclipse in this bitch. And, and drink this. You gotta get PJ talking. Yeah. I have. I already have some. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going into work after. Yeah, yeah. He's dirty work. Don't tell He's my dog manager. out here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say that that was actually. I went. I went at eight o'clock in the morning, so we could get a pretty decent spot. Where were district. you? We were at the district. In right, the, yeah, okay. right by the state. We, you know, were you with Alan? Yeah. I was oh, okay. Okay. Again, shout out to the guy. Shout out. Right out. I, well, if you beautiful, beautiful. If you know the if you know the show, you know Alan. He's been quote tweeted by Frank Madden. He's my he was on he's my, CBS. He's, he's, he's my official game day announcement with his posters. Reposted Twitter and Instagram every single game day. Um, but yeah, shout shout the fuck out to Alan. There was he's, he's a real one. He's a real Bucks fan. True. Um, yeah, yeah. He was on the news recently. I keep forgetting. He was on the news. He's on the news a couple times. I know he's on. Before too, and you can find. But I was gonna say, PJ Tucker doing. If we were there, I was able to. You know, I could visually see the guy going. We dogs. We dogs. We dogs. You know, (laughs) they told uh, me when I came here. You know, I gotta be dogs. I mean, this team uh, already had dogs. I just gotta show them. Just gotta show them how to be dogs. That's the way it was. (laughs) Me and Al were just laughing our our buttocks off. I love just saying that. We were just laughing at and shit. That was it. Was king. It was king stuff. Let's just say that, you know. Uh, it was awesome because he, he was... I mean, we were watching, you know, you could see him through the screen. You know, he was drinking champagne the whole time. And then, you know, they were coming around. You could see him. He's still going crazy. And he's on stage. And then he's going, we dogs. I, uh, yeah, I was laughing it's like crazy. Yeah. Especially because the guys that next to us were very much. And I don't want to get into that. But, so. Don't even get into I don't want to get into that. Don't even do I want to keep it family friendly. I want to keep it about the bucks. And it's all about God bless. Oh, wow. Yeah, God bless the Milwaukee Bucks because PJ Tucker, you know, he, he lifted our spirits up that night and he lifted up uh, a city. A city that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. PJ Tucker was at the harp that day. The and I couldn't believe it because he looked. He looked faced by the time he <laughs> got to me, which was before five served for him. He was, he was, he was my favorite part of the parade. I mean, I can't seeing Giannis that even from that that far away, which felt really close for me. It's like this is the most built human I've ever seen. I'm see weak in the, the knees. On the other Woo! Side. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he got blended in. You, you know, he didn't dress too fancy. It's yeah, easy, he it's easier seeing. Yeah, who, yeah. who else saw Brooke Lopez? Just at least where I was, he was just sitting there, stoic, staring right ahead. And I heard from someone else he was the same at the beginning of the parade. He, <laughs> he did not give a damn that we were celebrating a championship. He was like, "Get, get my ass to Splash Mountain." Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> I think who who enjoyed it the most though, Marcus Johnson. Course. How about a shirtless oh, Marcus wait, Johnson? Like Brandon Jennings is in the right. Brandon Jennings was really living it up. He was on the back uh, of that truck just going crazy. The back of a pickup truck. Caught a beer. Opened so, it. Yeah. Yeah, Henry, so, like, your video of this was beautiful. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I was, posted it. I think I sent it to you. But yeah, it's... Yeah, I have it. I saved all of You guys all got insane. One of I the, saved all your guys' stuff. One of the most Milwaukee moments of all time. You, you just... It, it, yeah. it's, 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 it's for the box heads out there. <laughs> it's for the culture. It's for the culture. For the culture. But yeah, Marcus Johnson, I mean, I don't, I mean, he can still dunk. How old is he? Like 60 something. I just watched that video today, yeah. actually. And a video of him dunking at age 62. He's got a little flab, but you can tell he's got abs under there. He's it. got abs. He's a dog. God. <laughs> oh, Golly, I tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus Johnson. 
Let's just give it I, a, a true king, an eighties king. That's that's got to be one of my favorite moments going to a Bucks game. Besides all the great ones I've been with Brad at that Bradley Center next to oh, kind of family. Dude, I will say the me cheap and my dad, Bradley Center student tickets in those like. This goes out to the people the who have a bad years. team right now. <laughs> when you have a bad team, it's worth going. The, yeah. ticket, the tickets are cheap, and you get to see a lot of good basketball players for a cheap amount yeah. of money. And that's that's how I fell in love with basketball is cheap, bad basketball from your team. But you're going for cheap, and you know you, I get to see the grid and grind Grizzlies and just for like five bucks. I think I, got to, I think we got one day it will the pay Bucks off. versus Lakers. One day like, it will pay I think it was like 2015, 2014, 2015 that they, they played. And it's just, they were much cheaper than courtside seats should ever be. But it was awesome for right. sure. Yeah. Oh, I mean, meet we Brad and Dev. Yeah, we were down <laughs> court level. Who was yell- Who made fun of you? Okay. Oh. How's <laughs> the story then? Hendog and Bradley. Oh yeah. And myself. Freshman year of college, we got we got the student discount. We were a little thrown off some Fleischmans, and we <laughs> snuck uh, like underneath the basket by those, uh, you know, by those uh, picnic table chairs and whatnot. Folding, yeah, folding, folding chairs. chairs. Thank you. And the play was Reggie Jackson. We we're playing the Pistons. Reggie Jackson crossed from one of our players. Foul was called. He missed the layup. The, all of the Pistons stand up and cheer when Reggie Jackson crosses someone. My drunken self stands up, and, and I, I, I go, he can't even finish the layup, though, because he missed the layup. He crossed our guy and missed the layup. And then Marcus Morris, now of the Los Angeles Clippers, on the Pistons at the time, yelled, yelled some stuff at me, inaudible from... How far away I was, but the rest of the Pistons continued to laugh at my expense to whatever he said about me. So that's my claim to fame. Marcus Morris, you're welcome on the hey, on the show. Devin, that's like not the only you. time an NBA player showed you up. If we remember going to the UWM basketball game. Kay Felder. Kay Felder uh, Kay on a breakaway. And Devin goes, he can't dunk, though. And he got up. That little guy got up. And Five nine. And and what did he do? He, slammed, he slammed it home. Okay, Kay Felder, <laughs> drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, Horizon Conference. Horizon Conference. He played He played for Oakland in, in Michigan. Yeah, Oakland. Uh, played against UWM at the UWM Panther Arena. And I knew he was a draft prospect because he was he's projected in the second round all year. He got a he got a breakaway. Of course, he was an NBA prospect, and I still had to think, oh well, I can still. I bet he can't dunk, even though he's going to get drafted. And I yell, bet you can't dunk, and he jumps like <laughs> super. He he spud has a forty web. inch. Part. Yeah, he spud webs them, and I'm just like, oh, I'm going to eat my words. Uh, you could say you started his career. Since yeah, <laughs> you could Bradley, say he could thank say, me. We need to give uh, Brad because you know it was mentioned on the Nugget Pod podcast once before, but I, I really need to be giving the uh, Mr. Brad Kaler here a little credit for uh, starting the Bobby Chance. Uh, oh which yes, be, which is not trademarked, and that, that, which is unfortunate because it's not trademarked. And it'll be like, oh, we're just started by the people. But there is actually one person who started the Bobby Chant, 
and they're making millions of dollars off of shirts right now and all this stuff. <laughs> that's more well, money, bro. That's, that's, we, it's my money. And that's the problem with this. <laughs> if you listen back yeah. earlier this year, uh, so I have tickets, and, he's, and they're kind yeah. of they're behind they're they're uh, lower deck, low, lower row, or not lower row, but they're like halfway up. But it's buck side of the bench. And earlier in the season, I started a Bobby chant when you know there's like fifteen percent capacity for a little bit. So some of the people in that section know that chant. And you know when Bobby started playing well in the playoffs, they knew what to do. And I was there, and we started that chant. And it caught on. I don't know. People love Bobby. <laughs> yeah. If, if yeah. heard that a lot of the parade. Oh yeah. Just all over. If Bobby decides to take Bob that Mullet. player option, stay with the Bucks. I think we can basically discredit Bradley Kaler. <laughs> well, also, also, I, I want to get this recorded because it is true. This guy is the real. He, he is the fire. We didn't start the fire, Brad Kaler. He started the fire. I started the fire. Just it was so always know. burning oh, since the I'm starting fires all around fire this bitch. <laughs> right. It's a bold claim, but it is a true claim. We're burning right. this bitch down. Brad, were you a uh, like 2004 fan, <laughs> fan of the game? What year was that? <laughs> what year did I start going? Probably 04. It was, it was, it was purple bucks. It was, oh, yeah. it was purple yeah, it was jersey bucks. Maybe 05. It, Michael Red was our best player. And I know oh, yeah. me, and, me, and, me and Devin talked about, you know, what's a player that you would have loved to be on? And I think the words were this championship team. Yes. Michael Red. That's true. Mm-hmm. And the reason for this is not only Michael Red was a great underrated player, great scorer, Absolutely. his career was shortened. Oh, think, think of him in the modern game today with his oh. play style. That was very undervalued. He is... For today's game, a little bit too soon. Career-changing injuries. I mean, he's a gold medalist. He has that, but yeah, oh man, yeah, to see him on this team he, would have been. Great. He was literally the only like yeah. star of our team for whatever that's worth at the time. After the you know big three with Allen and Robinson, 20, and Sal, yeah. Yeah. And like that was it. It was really Michael Red for us, you know, as kids. Number yeah. twenty-two, a second-round pick. Kind of, you know, echoed by a player we have on the team right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. It's like seeing a, a mirror image of Michael Red out there. I mean, literally, not just the same number, but you you can imagine that they play a same role. Chris has Chris has a bit more size to him, maybe a little more defensive ability. But I mean, about as cl- about as close as you could get, I would say. I I can't I can't say I watched a ton of Michael Red. I know I've I've talked about. My Bucks, my Bucks fan origin story on this pod really kind of began more so, um, well, Brandon Jennings era. Lo- love, yeah, the prophet himself, the Brandon Jennings. It started with those Brandon Jennings hoop mixtapes when he was at Oak Hill, um, and then yeah, like give give more context to others out there. Of course, like the Kobe Lebron debates. I think that was when we were kind of like. Middle school, early high school is really when I started to fall in love with it and yeah, he B- BS with my brothers about it. I remember, I remember Derrick Rose's MVP. Oh, clearly, Derrick Rose. That's like that's like the time when I started. So it's it's a little it's a little after yeah it's a little after Michael Red. But you bringing up Derrick Rose made me really remember what the box used to be because I remember going to stadiums, home games versus the Bulls, where it's fifty five percent. And those are those are the games that probably lost a lot of casual Milwaukee sports fans trying to go to those games. 
because man, those Bulls fans came in rowdy, oh, and yeah. their team would always win. And I remember hating that team. Yeah, <laughs> I remember when Rose was less of a player, and Jimmy Butler was on there. You know, Mike Dunleavy. Mike Dunleavy. Don't not, let him know. Not not <laughs> we we can we can say, we can say it. We lifted. We gave a parental advisory. Fuck Mike Dunleavy. <laughs> <laughs> Parental advisor. Oh, uh, iconic. Uh, I said shout earlier. In the show. <laughs> We're good. Well, Brad, we should tell. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite memories to recent years of the box because, like, so, <laughs> like our call, kind of like our ascent back uh, was, you know, the bolt thumb maker mm. signed. <laughs> mm. <laughs> There's a the signed um, basketball to game because, like, again, we, yeah, during those years, like, it, we were losing the Bulls. We finally, you know, built our team back up. And, you know, even if the Bulls were, we were down like twenty. I just have it twice. We were down twenty uh, with the Bulls, and then we came back and beat them by twenty. I remember that game. But it was for thought. Some guy got like it, 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 it was one of those yeah. like single win, no win, and the big one is supposed to be the player autograph ball. You know, like, you win a thong maker autograph basketball. And he's like, I'll spin it against <laughs> it again. And then he comes home with, like, the next year, the a pot of Yeah, car. he's gone, yeah. The next <laughs> season, thong maker's gone. It was just so, it was hilarious. Do you remember when Kevin, uh, <laughs> Kevin Garnett said he could be the MVP? Yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> Shall we not forget? Well, I saw, I saw thong maker jerseys. At the this, end. At this, yeah, like, and it, the thing about it is, like, I just think there was a lot of hype. There was, we've had, he was uh, and that brings us back just throughout the couple last couple of years, especially, especially with the Brent, like you said, the Brent Jennings kind of like era starting from there. Don't we got forget Bogan. We had a lot, yeah, we had a lot of like, I, if you don't live in Milwaukee, we had, we really thought like on like three occasions, like, yeah, we got it, we got it now. Like when Jabari Parker came, we were like. This is it. We're really building our team now. Michael Carter Williams the third. Oh, know, we were like, this is it. This is it. This is what we're gonna do. It. We had a starting yeah. five. Wow. We Michael really, Carter Williams, former rookie yeah. of the year, put some respect on his name. What and respect. Willie and what some Willie. respect. Yeah, and Tom Mick was uh, kind of one of those players who were just kind of like hyped about like this guy, like, we're finally gonna, like, start going back, you know, new management was coming in, all that stuff, and I just, uh, it's been, it's just been hilarious, <laughs> well, not hilarious, I, I'd say it's been, it's been a really great journey <laughs> watching this team, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, since 20, at least 2013, yeah, well, and, you yeah. kind of, you kind of talked about it there, this team could have very easily been in Seattle, yeah, very, yeah. very easily, and, you know, we hear, I uh, uh, touchy subject that I don't know. Yeah, see you later, Henry. Adios, Henry. Henry, thank you very much for joining the podcast and for your uh, continued support of Nuck if you buck. Of course. Very God sincerely bless. from the bottom of my heart. God bless, Henry. I love you. It's God an honor. honor. To Tip your bartenders, uh, folks. Yeah. Tip your Tip bartenders. Tip your bartenders. Uh, don't be an asshole. Von Trier, really especially. You gotta yeah. do. Yeah. Von Trier. Don't don't puke in Von Trier. Don't puke in Von Trier. I I I almost Devin. saved Devin. We didn't quite get there. I'm not I'm not calling him out. The bus, Andy. At least get to the garbage bin. Get to the garbage bin again. Yeah. But yeah, no, we were talking about those hard years. And I mean like Devin said, and the stuff for Seattle. I mean I'd like to say this to some other teams in the league. Even the ones that we beat this year's 
you got to take those beatings, and you learn a lot, the team learns a lot about it. And I think any Hawks fan or Suns fan should be happy with their team because you, there's that first year where you explode on the scene, and you're like, oh, we're gonna make it all the way. And it doesn't work out that way. But you take those beatings and you learn how to value those possessions. You learn who your closers are. You get a little smarter. You get a little tougher. And I expect those two teams to be really good the next few years. I know people are doubting the Suns a little bit. I think Devin Booker was so impressive in these finals. And I know know we might not be huge on him. We're playing against him. Maybe you don't like the way he plays. But he was scoring 40 points. And those against the number one defense. I mean, aesthetically, he's he's a very satisfying player to watch aesthetically there's there's a lot of noise about about the whole and i mean there's there's merit to it like like hmm would you have traded uh five to ten of those points for five assists from devin booker instead of 40 points and two assists to make the offense hum I, there, there's merit to that but i also think it's like can you just can you just Clap your hands to the guy who put up 40. Did he do it multiple times multiple in the finals? Back, back to back games. Yeah. Like, Just like young. And we, we, won, we won, so we, we can give a little credit. Devin, at, at, the end of, at the end of the day, 40 points is 40 points. Chris Paul was shown yeah. out at the start of the series, too. There's possible injury that people are talking about, but either way, when nobody was shooting well, Booker dropped 40. Yeah, yeah. I'm think, not a fan. I'm not a fan. Yeah. I'm sure the refs aren't either because I know they have lengthy conversations. But yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a chirpy guy like a Luka Doncic. But I think Devin Booker is really like a Brooke Lopez. Finals. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's CP3. I do think it is Devin Booker. Like as much as I don't really like the guy, like I think he is the star for the Suns for the finals. I mean. He impressed That's, me a lot. I I, th- I thought he played great basketball, uh, and I expect him in the future, you know, to not turn that ball over and get that shot up. And I think the Suns are going to be a very hard team for anyone to eliminate in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's no reason for Suns or Hawks fans to get down at all. You guys are young teams. You weren't expected to get this far, but you did get this far, and it's an incredibly valuable experience. No matter no matter if people are saying like. Like, oh, it's not an asterisk, but there are caveats. I mean, whatever the fuck. Like, there's always a ton of luck involved, and, like, we don't we don't really give a damn give a damn what, what they say. Because like, I'm done with that asterisk talk because, you know what, 2020, if anything, should have been asterisk talk. This year was injuries happened. They've happened all throughout the years. We've all played through them. Mm-hmm. It's the media that's, that is staring that narrative. Like, oh, all the injuries. And, yes, there have been some more than usual. Some comebacks. You know, such a <laughs> Of course. But come on, like, yeah, we real like, in, what are injuries not non-existent? Um, we can find them throughout the whole thing. I mean, I don't know why I'm thinking about Hakeem Olajuwon, <laughs> you know, from you know the, the late '90s when you know Barkley was on there. I mean, they played the team is playing with them. Nobody brings up, and you know, if they were healthy, they probably would have won the finals with. Them. <laughs> um, yeah, Barclay, that's very possible. Anyone in I, I don't know. I'm not saying I know people would. There's plenty of luck them, involved yeah. either way. Yeah. I think. Yeah, they talked about, like, um, I think Robert Ori was in an interview this past year, and he was talking about his, talking about the luck involved in finals. He was talking about a Laker year where he was like, I think we went through a whole year, and we didn't get anything more than, like, a sprained ankle from one of our players. 
Mm-hmm. Now this year there might have been more injuries to other like major players. That's totally possible, but I mean that that's that's not our problem. We just play. We just face the guys in front of us, and clearly like we showed up. Clearly Giannis Antetokounmpo did. A lot of the story of this is some up and down nights from others, but you know Drew Holiday will be pointed at a lot, but he still is is all is an all defensive player for a reason. He showed that every single night from the strip from Booker and the alley oop to uh, to Giannis. We touched on that, but I think the main point that we didn't really that we nearly forgot about was um, the Giannis injury. How how I think it was very reasonable to think that that, that guy could have torn his ACL before the series. You said it on the Knuckle Buff podcast. You, you're not. You're just a realistic guy. You're like this guy might be out for the majority of the finals. Yeah, you saying, a year after that. Yeah. and that's not on. That wasn't an, an unorthodox take. I mean, like the guy literally, like you saw that hyperextension. Yeah, I, it's what, something unlike I've ever fi- seen. This finals is not getting the respect I've seen it deserves. Worse, yes. yeah. And Giannis is not getting the respect it deserves. This guy came back, man, and he, he ends up scoring 50 points in the final game like that. Uh, tie with Pettit <laughs> for the most points scored in a final, uh, finals game mm-hmm. like that. That's, yeah. that's insane, dude. Like, um, it, I just don't think it's an excuse that this, this season could be an asterisk. I just, it's, it's crazy. It's a, like it's a comeback story, and I don't think the media is treating it like that. Like, oh, it's, I think we're yeah. the, ooh, I think we're the first team to come back from 0-2 twice in a playoff run. Nice. Um, and we're only the fifth team to come back from 0-2 in a final series. Yeah. Wait, I said fifth, right? Fifth team all time to come back 0-2 in the finals and win it. Yeah, it's it's us. 16 Cavs, 06, 06 Heat, 69 Celtics, and 77 Blazers. Led by the great deadhead Bill Walton. Mm-hmm. Bill Walton. Oh, Andy, that's what I was going to Talk about injuries, by yeah. the way. <laughs> I was going to put that in, in your intro. I know I was forgetting some intros for you guys. Top 1% of Fish fans, according to Spotify in the world. Yeah, yeah. I've got, got my credentials. He's got his credentials. This guy's a fluffhead over here. Per Spotify, per Spotify. Landmark, prepare your jukebox. Let oh, me tell you. Uh oh. All right, everybody uh, and listeners out there, I think uh, we're overdue for a break from our new sponsors in Manscaped. Support for Nuck If You Buck is brought to you by Manscaped, who has the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping if you use the promo code Giannis. That's G-I-A-N-N-I-S at manscaped.com. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I'm blown away by its performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. All right, fellas, I hear you whispering behind me, and this is the point in our podcast where we maybe uh, share any of our personal uh, uh, below-the-belt shaving stories or, or sexual experience. Do you guys have anything for me? Of course I do. Okay. Uh, I, 
This guy, he's got a lot of experience. Well, of course, of course I do. And then here's, well, here's why. Because, you know, as a you know, teenage, teenage boy, you know. A teenage dirtbag, if you will. Yeah. Some, sometimes, uh, some people, some parents teach their, uh, their kids to, you know, shave their um, areas. Can I can I stop you? <laughs> of course. I, is is that is that really a thing that who's, 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 we don't need a show of hands? We're not going to reveal here, but I would be very surprised if anyone if anyone raised their hands and they're like, my dad sat me down well, and said I had to shave my well, crotch. Maybe, maybe uh, show maybe, me uh, shave my crotch. Maybe I should say what are you going to say? Parents should say you should do that. Uh, I don't think <laughs> okay. Vincent okay. uh, friend of the pod let's just say friend of the pod let's just say like um, okay okay I, that's, it, that's just, it wasn't pushed on me you know it's just like hey you live your life let your your free plate fry you know like hair what facial hair long hair okay. any hair that's okay that's fair sorry I I, I yes. took I took it the wrong way yes. well, like however said, yeah trying, I, I'm at least trying to keep this as a friendly family podcast uh I, I, I said, I said, Chow, and we gave, we gave, we we gave you the restrictions so, before the show. So, yeah, well, you know, I'm gonna try my best. Go okay. I'm gonna try my best here. So, um, but you know, young boys, they, they hit puberty, and hair starts growing on their face, their head, you know, their head everywhere, and uh, boys, boys will be boys. They love to play pranks, and uh, one of my favorite pranks, of course, was to. Um, I like to call my, you know, Breaking Bad was a good show back then. I used to, uh, I to call myself Tuco. It was kind of like my confidence side. And, uh, you know, I, I like to pull some pranks. So, uh. Was it you or Tuco? Uh, well, well, I called myself Tuco when I was pulling the pranks because it, it was kind of like a symbolic, so symbolic it, side of confidence, you know. And, he is, uh. He is Tuco. One of, uh, you know, some, one of our good friends, well, I won't mention my name, but I'll call him, uh, Xavier. Uh. I won't call him by his name, of course. Um, you know, I, I was going to hair in a really special place. A special place close to where babies are made. Let's just say that. So, uh, you know, I, I look, I want to I wanna prank my friend. I want to I put some hair, you know, on his sandals that I know hey, he goes to the Babies are made on you. Yeah. I'm sorry. Some hairs, well, you know, I'm just trying to promote the product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I want to put some hair on his sandals. Well, all I got is this old shaver. I try my best. I mean, yeah, it takes me 50, 10, 15 minutes to get, like, a good cut, and I'm still bleeding everywhere and everything. And it's, it's, he's really going at it. I'm really going at it because I need to pass it away. He's hacking well, away. Well, yeah. Like Paul yeah, Brown. I finally do it. You know, after putting some extra dedication there, I finally get some hair off of a special place, and I put it on this guy's sandals, and he puts it on, and he starts freaking out. And it's just, it's hilarious. You know, like I said, boys will be boys. But it wasn't until Manscaped's products that, you know, you take that 10, 15 minute job away. Seconds. 30 seconds max. You get that hair off wherever area you want to go, and you can put it anywhere you want. That's why I got to say, you know, that's why Manscaped products is the way to go. You, you, it's a guarantee. Yes. So, TLDR Tuco, um, a cut. <laughs> Tuco, yesteryear, he could really to, took off his pubes and put it on a friend Xavier's sandals as a prank. 
And as my regular announcement, men, if you've been shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face, you've been all you've been doing it all wrong. Shame on you. Also, shame on Tuco uh, for that happening. But Manscaped is engineered has engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Now I'm confident when I'm shaving my boys. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths of sizes one through four. Did I mention wireless charging, Bradley? What's the deal with that? The the new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. It's time to get your own ball hair and body trimmer with Manscaped to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence with some nice, smooth boys. Your boss will thank you. So to take advantage of this, get 20% off and free shipping using code Giannis. That's G-I-A-N-N-I-S at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. Just use the code Giannis Unlock Your Confidence and always use the right tools for your family and jewels. Your balls will thank you. All right, fellas, what do you want to talk about? Damn. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, so I know we sort of we sort of went into a little bit of it all, but I I guess we can I'll start with the prophet Brandon Jennings talking about Bucks and Six in 2013, and this was exactly 10 weeks when he was first, first quoted saying Bucks and Six. 10 weeks later, we drafted Giannis Antetokounmpo, and that would have been precisely eight years later after being swept by the Miami Heat. We would go on to sweep the Miami Heat in the first round. That's right. Flip it around and win six there. Pretty crazy. I know we we talked a bit about who we would want to win this championship with this team. I, of course, had to include excluding the Prophet because he's one of my favorites, favorites just aesthetically on the court. Um Let's see. I mean, we could we could go into um, other favorite parts of of the of these playoffs. I mean, there's plenty to get into with the Nets series. We're you know people joke about we're a, we're a Kevin Durant correct shoe size away from Bud being fired and being knocked out in um, and being knocked out in the second round. Um, it was a huge win for us just to redeem ourselves against the Miami Heat in the first round. There was some uncertainty there, I would think. Um, and then there's plenty from other from other seasons too. Um, I think I think another comparison, like how how would you like how would you guys think this title team compares to the 2019 Toronto Raptors, which obviously. Mm-hmm is a little bit of a sore subject, but maybe less so now. Any thoughts from any of that? I've seen the debate on Twitter. It's been going around. You know, I saw people saying... Colin, may I have a beer? I I saw the talks of Kawhi would lock up... uh, I saw the talks of Kawhi would still lock up Giannis, which I don't think he ever particularly one-on-one had many of possessions against. It was more of a team effort. 
with the wall, but as I was saying earlier in the pod, Giannis, although he didn't face a true set wall this playoffs, you could tell he played the game with a different approach. He wasn't just had a steam going down the hill from the perimeter. We had an efficient ball handler who wasn't afraid, unlike uh, some previous players, Eric Bledsoe. Trying to throw shade, but when the moment came, he was afraid to have the ball in his hands and we needed a true point. We got that with Drew. And so Giannis, I feel like these playoffs was a completely different player. Plus, let's not forget who we had coming off our bench in those playoffs versus who we have now. I mean, Bobby coming off the bench scoring 16 18. Uh, the guy he knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we had, we had Miritich coming off the bench. Uh, I mean, come on. I don't know. Like, different players. Middleton's elevated his game without a doubt. Sure, they had the wall. They had some more length than, say, the, the uh, Suns or the Hawks had. But this Bucks team is clearly a different team, a better team defensively and offensively. I'm not saying it'd be a sweep or anything, but they go on to face an injured Warriors. This team wins a championship in 2019. I think so too. And, uh, okay, so I literally posed this question to you, but I more so thought about it as if I were a Bucks fan today, how I would feel about it as opposed to, because I, I truthfully, like, so this is before I did the Bucks podcast. You guys know I've been, like, a general NBA nerd for a really long time. I do other, like, NBA yeah, work. Of course. So I, I I thoroughly enjoyed the Toronto Raptors team that they had there. It's a good team. I and mean, it was a team that It's a very a modern months. NBA team. You know, it's, I mean, yeah, you can't, it's beautiful, it's beautiful basketball right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they had, they had two of the five beautiful game starting Spurs on their roster. <laughs> but um, I, I guess I guess I would have to more sober uh, and take some truth serum as to which team I would think would win if I want to be unbiased. But I think that Milwaukee Bucks fans can feel a lot better than 2019 Toronto Raptors fans. Next season, we're returning all of our starting five. That's obviously swapping out Dante for P.J. Tucker. P.J., PJ, Bobby, Bryn, that's all we, I mean, I think technically Thanasis, but obviously like Jeff Teague, like essentially our six, our six through 10, well, seven through 11 will be free agents this next off season. Meanwhile, in 2019, the Toronto Raptors um, didn't have, yeah, Kawhi was a free agent and was going to leave. And, I mean, that's not anything against the Toronto Raptors because I think they would feel similar similarly to us where they had never won a, won a championship. We hadn't won in 50 years, and we're a small market. So, you know, it's pretty crazy for us to have a championship. But we, ha- we have our core for, I mean, depending on how long, we have at least, I think, three more years of, of uh, Chris... Uh, Giannis and Drew so I feel pretty good about it and even if we don't win another one in the near future which I'm not counting out I feel 
I mean, I, I don't see why he can't complete. Yeah, compete for this. I, 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 can't, I mean, they can like long predictions like that because you never know. Like, you yeah, never like know. Like I said, like with the maps, great 2011, awesome win, right? And then it's like not again. <laughs> like, yeah. But that's because it's a prediction, right? Like why? Why couldn't we? Giannis is 26. He's only supposed to get better. Mm-hmm. Move some, yeah, actually, the pieces are good at right now. Make, you know, the adjustments as they come, and I don't see why not. I, I don't think the injury thing was really that big of an expect. I think it was a lot of proportion this this year. Um, but as compared to, the, like I said, compared to the, uh, 2019 with the Raptors, like, he's learned to adjust better. I think it was a learning experience. We, uh, if we've played them then, I do think we can get through the wall a lot better, I think, from just passing the ball more. I, you know, just... I Giannis's think. moves and the Middleton's improvement, all that stuff. Would have just, I think, would have kicked their boots. I well, think that 2019 Raptors team taught us a lot. Yeah, I think, yeah. in a way, they were. I mean, if if we were the bad boys Pistons, they would have been our Celtics. Now they're not like a dynasty like that, but a lot of those teams, when you look at the '90s, had the team they had to get over, the team that taught them a lot, the team that beat them in the playoffs and made it tougher. And, I mean, that Raptors team, we met, well, we met a Raptors team before that in the playoffs, and we lost both of those in six. And I think we learned a lot from both of those. What, 2017, when we lost in six, we had, like, a 25-point comeback. Insane. And then blew it in the last second. Yeah. I think we learned something from that. And I think in the 2019 playoffs against that great Raptors team, I think... I think they might have been an influence on why we felt confident going down 2-0. Because they saw that team and they said, why not us? We've been on that other side where you're up 2-0, you're going to the other building, and we've lost. And they're like, we can do this, guys. Like, we've seen it happen to us. We've seen it happen in the league. We, you know, in the finals, we've already done this once. I, I in a way, <laughs> thank you to the 2019 Raptors because I think they were that hill that we had to get over. And the Heat, too. The Heat kicked our butt last year. The Heat have always played as well. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's where we learned to be ourselves. That's well, where we bombs. learned the adversity of bombs. this year to come over. We definitely like to this playoff series. Like, like so we were down 0-2 last series. Like, the thing is, when we played the Raptors, we were up 2-0. <laughs> and we didn't really change. They did. They adjusted. They made the right moves. We couldn't get through that. We could get past that. This time, we were kind of in a position. It, it just felt like this is the best, too. It's like, we were down. You know, we were doing our thing. And then, like, we kind of got a taste. And we started making the adjustments. We started, you know, that's why, again, credit to Bud and everything. Like, we started getting a handle. Like, okay, this is what they're doing. We got a taste now. Now we're going to come back and do it. You know, we kind of did, I feel like, in a way, like a reverse... Uh, what the, the Raptors did in 2019 mm-hmm. in, in a way you know because like I mean they they did yeah. <laughs> they, they just why not we us? couldn't get out past it yeah why, why not us yeah why not us <laughs> and I every every team needs that one team that maybe beats your butt in the playoffs and you learn a lot from and that's why I, before I I wanted to give I wanted to you know say like congrats to the Phoenix Suns and the Hawks because they've shown a lot and we've been that team on the other side that maybe shown, showed a lot had a great year, didn't get over the hump. Yeah. But a lot of teams have to face that adversity. And both of those teams have to be on course. And I see them being very good teams. 
Yeah. Lest, lest we forget Devin Booker is 24 years old. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. 24. And, and one like, thing that I love about him is there are rumors of he, he, if he would have won, he may have gotten the same thing that people talk about Giannis, about him staying with the Suns during those bad years and him having them build the team around him. I mean, there are rumors. And think how crazy these rumors are now where they're like, he should go to Minnesota to <laughs> yeah. play with D. Russell and like Cat. And, yeah. and it's just like, how, I mean, look at, where the, look at where the Wolves are now and where the Suns are. And, and just this year. It's, it's, I, I, this is why I like the yeah. Suns. I know, I know a lot of people don't like it, but Devin Booker stayed with his team for this contract. He's built the team around him, and he would be probably getting the same love Giannis is getting right now about, you know, bringing that title to a city that hasn't had one in a while and not leaving and loyalty. I mean, I think those are all things that, even though maybe Devin Booker, we, as Bucks fans, weren't a big fan of. Those are some of the same adjectives you can put on him. I think he'd be getting more love, honestly, from like NBA media, ESPN type, because he's more of their player. He shoots. We're in that era. Perimeter shot. Yeah, right, exactly. I you think honest, yeah. he's it's the paint guy. How many times do Stephen A. and all those guys have to bring up? Yeah, you know, three points suck. Three pointers suck. It's a free, free throw shot suck. Yes, they do. Again, but yeah, Shaq said it himself. So did he. Nobody gave him flat for it. He scored in the paint. And the guy is the only one to, you know, score like 42 points in a, a playoff like back-to-back like that uh, since Shaq. Yeah. Uh, come on. Like, um, I, I, and I'm not, no disrespect to Booker. I just think, like, there was a favor towards the Suns to do it. Um, and I think it would have been deserved without question. Without question. But... I think he would have gotten more love. I think he just. Kind of, I think Devin Booker would have played more into their narrative than what Giannis and the Bucks do, in my humble opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just a. Uh, I guess your knuck if you buck official uh, encouragement to not be sore winners out there. Kind of what all these guys touched on that like. We we've we've heard enough shade. Giannis has heard, has heard enough shade of being talked about more for his flaws rather than for like his incredible athletic feats that still blow our minds every single time he touches a court like Devin Booker should also be celebrated for for being just a phenomenal offensive engine and for DeAndre Ayton for being an incredible like big man defender I mean maybe I mean Giannis rose to another level in these finals and that's that's what makes him that's what makes him great but Let's not forget that like DeAndre Ayton was a very good one-on-one Giannis defender historically through the regular season. If I think in 2019 the Suns were the only team to beat us two times that season when we first won 60 yep. 60 games, and I think he would have already yeah he would have already been on the team. Um, so yeah, um, I know I'm clustering these in these in here. Sorry, I thought I spilt my beer. I thought, I know I'm clustering all of these in here towards the end, but I would like to share a word from our returning sponsor in Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they've asked you, they ask you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport only. For example, if you're incredibly obsessed about one league like I am with the NBA, but 
admittedly casual about another like I am with the NFL, although I won our fantasy league this season. Um, I believe even if you even if you call yourself a casual, you should still be able to choose five out of ten player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. More points a selection is worth riskier it is, naturally. You want to rack up the most points, you want to share the player prize pool. Thrive's awarded over $2.2 million since launching in 2018. They also guaranteed $50,000 in prizes for a single NFL postseason uh, week later on this year and thousands more since the beginning of this NBA season. To take advantage of this, you'll want to use promo code Giannis, that's G-I-A-N-N-I-S. When you sign up today, you receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the app store or play store or you can visit their website at www.thrivefantasy.com sign up and prop up today all right fellas I, this may be our kind of last point but i kind of wanted to just throw another idea at you it might not be the most hmm, it might not be the most on brand appropriate question going into this but this is just kind of our bar talk theme here um so I heard some talk about Giannis historically, naturally, given how exceptional he's been in, in these finals. And you look at his resume, people talked about like, oh, well, he can't win a ring with this Bucks team. Well, look what the hell he just did. Um, so now we look to see how he stacks up all time. You know, with this being the, ooh, I think this is the 75th anniversary of the NBA coming up and they're going to be celebrating the top. They celebrate the top 50 players of all time, brought them all out. Gave all them MFers jackets 25 years ago. You would think that they would do the same with the next 25 players. Um, so whether that be players who were playing way back then 25 years ago and were still cementing their legacies and then players who didn't play since then. So it, it, it might be a little more complicated than you would think. Um, but yeah, I heard... The No Dunks podcast talked about, well, Giannis is definitely a shoo-in for that. Bill Simmons, I know he catches a lot of flack. I taken a lot of his I have taken in a lot of his content in the past. He said that maybe he wouldn't have been until this final series. I've heard others say Giannis has been cemented as a top 30 player of all time, which that's kind of hard for me to analyze, because then I would have to list out 30 people. But Okay, going back to Bill Simmons now, all over the place here. Bill Simmons said that as far as power forwards and big men go, Giannis is still behind the likes of, he listed two players. The only one I can remember is Dirk Nowitzki. Really? I think for, for power forwards? Power forwards yeah. For power forwards. Is power forwards a big men? Well, I I, th- I think I think it's a sh- I I did I didn't think it was Bill Duncan because I or Bill Duncan. Okay. Tim, Tim Kevin Garnett. I've been drinking. I <laughs> I don't think as everyone here has been. By the way, that's we why, yeah, Tim Tim bad. Duncan historically is going down better than Giannis Antetokounmpo at least as of now. That is no debate. But I think Dirk Nowitzki is a very kind of fair discussion point because twenty one years. Yeah, because because at, at this point it's essentially just longevity. Otherwise, Giannis kind of has him. I feel like anywhere else, the 2011 team is remembered quite fondly because Dirk kind of dragged them. But how much like how similar will that be to Giannis at this point? 
Jason Terry, Bucks legend. Yeah. So, do you guys have any thoughts on where Giannis will go down historically based off of this finals appearance? How you think he would compare compare to Dirk or other people? So I'll say. I think it might have been Hakeem that he was. Yeah, no doubt. So I'll I'll say I'll say he's got to be in the thirty to forty range, multiple time MVP. Yeah. I mean, how many multiple-time MVPs, back-to-back nonetheless, are there in the league? There are fewer than you would think. It's like a handful. I mean, Shaq Shaq says nothing but praise for him, gave him the Superman nickname. There's all sorts of stats that you can go to. I mean, there were several stats where it was like the only people on the list are like Shaq, Michael Jordan, Hakeem, and Giannis. If that's the company you're in, your top 50, no doubt, like, those are some of the best play. Two, even three of those players are top 10 all time, and he's with the likes of them, and he's, yeah. old, and he's still 26. I mean, we saw in these playoffs, he's getting that fadeaway. If that's an indicator of anything easily top 50, I'd say... Somewhere in the thirty to forty range, he's got to be in there. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just right now that you're talking about. Yeah, too. I mean, I'd have to, like Devin said, I'd have to compile a list of thirty players, and then you know you have to go through the playing with plumbers and whatnot. I mean, I think that's kind of a bullcrap, bullcrap argument. Bullcrap, but it's a bullcrap argument with the whole plumbers. Things are just different today, like. You, know, you play the team li- in front. Of you. Lifting, you're not you're not smoking cigarettes at halftime, whatever. <laughs> but there's no way that I can think of if he's not on that seventy five player team. It's an atrocity. He just won Finals MVP. He fu- dropped fifty damn points, five blocks. Like I think he's well on his way to being top 10 player all time if he continues at the ratings end. I think anyone would be foolish to count to count him out. Um, yeah. I don't know. Any Anyone else have any all-time thoughts? You definitely don't need to at all. I think we've gone long enough here. I think we'll be wrapping this up uh, in short order. I think... Um... I mean, I'm looking at, like, power forwards all time, and I'm thinking not, like, if he were to retire today with just his accolades, I would say maybe, (laughs) I mean, I'd put him above Mikhail Barkley. I think I might put him above Malone. I'd put him right in the Dirk, Garnett, Duncan range. And if I'm looking just at accolades, like, with Garnett, they both got one title. Giannis is more MVPs. Uh, a finals MVP for Giannis, a defensive player for Giannis. But I put him in that range. I think if we want to become the greatest power for all time, it's Tim Duncan, which he's going to need a long career. And, well, and championships. And championships. I mean, I think that will be a tough ask. Um, but, I mean, I, 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 I mean... I'm just I'm just I'm just happy. I'm more wor- worried right now on if he's the best player in the league. And on Game Six, NBA Finals, he was. <laughs> that was a historical p- performance. I'm just happy about that. As as far as greatest players in the league right now, 
I feel like it's got to be KD, then Giannis. LeBron, I think he's finally lost his best player in the league status. I mean, he's getting older. Yeah, he's a better overall all-around player than Giannis. But, I mean, Giannis, a la Shaq, just physically dominant. LeBron, at his age, can't quite just dominate physically for 42 minutes a game. I mean, playoffs in 2019, 2020, you know, they all say different. But it's got to be Kevin Durant and Giannis, and I'd argue Kevin Durant, top 10 player all time, best scorer of all time. You, I don't know, if you're behind him, that's not a shot on Giannis. That's just... Uh, so what you're saying guy, is circle all those Nets boxes. The guy, the guy is still 26. I mean, first of all, for this year too, like again, I'm not the greatest expert, but I'm just saying, like nor myself. <laughs> no, Devin, Devin, these guys, believe me, yeah, Devin for sure is the expert on there. But uh, these guys are great. Uh, but like, um, remember, Katie's not that great defensively compared to Giannis, and Giannis is also pretty close offensively. To Katie, I know that's a debate. I just, I think overall, I have a lot of hope in Giannis, and I think with the trajectory, oh yeah, without question, he would definitely like he's gonna be better. Yeah, like again, like uh, would you compare Katie to Elijah? Would you compare him to? Carl Malone, would you compare him to Shaq? I mean, even like some people would argue, some people are going that he's better. Like, I, th- I think KD's already, like, there. maybe better than, better than Malone. Like, I think, I think, I think Hakeem, yeah. I think, Hakeem, I think Hakeem is kind of in that range of, like, Kate, of, like, the KD, like, the back end of the top 10, top 15 kind of range. Yeah. I mean, and then Malone, I mean, as, as soon as Jordan retired, two championships. Like I think Hakeem. I think Hakeem was the guy that Simmons was mentioning along with like Dirk of like who like Giannis isn't better than these guys right now. Like Giannis's legacy is not the same. But the I think I think assuming assuming fair health, like may like he might not double the accolades over the next double the amount of years, but I think I think there's there's a there's a trajectory out there where he's like the bet, like the second best power forward of all time behind Tim Duncan. He'll he could end up close to like Kevin Durant, like top fifteen. He could. He could. And, but, I'm hedging, so I'm saying and, he could. I think a lot of that depends on what, how the Bucks also like who they put oh, around yeah. him. Yeah. The years too. I think that's going to be really important to like. Um, like I said, yeah, he's a team player. They're. A team, like that's how the ball is. Bucks mentality. And it helps that I'm that's handing out yeah. nominal, nominal positions too, because how many power forwards are we celebrating as all-time greats? But and slightly deviating from the topic, but we've been mentioning Hakeem. The Bucks use Giannis a lot at the five um, to have a pseudo small lineup, and then use Giannis at the five you know, abuse other teams' small lineups. A lot of people are saying, yeah, what if Giannis gets a shot, this and that. I think if he 
gets a great post up like post game and I know a lot of people say like even if he gets like 50%, 30% what have you of Hakeem's post game unstoppable. Wow. Unstoppable. Wow. You can use him at the top yeah. drive a la LeBron. You can have say Drew Holiday Passing the ball around, get a mismatch, Giannis pass it in the post, and he's got those Hakeem dream moves, you know, like butter. There's no stopping him. I think I rather than working on, you know, a shot, I want to see those um, post moves. If he gets those down, there's no doubt in my mind he'll be top 10 player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he's even this is the top 20, I'd be happy. You know, I, I just I think the guy's got a lot to offer coming up. I mean, I think he could be a real upward trend. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's, it's busy. He's only 26. It's been an upward trend. But we, you know, that doesn't mean, yeah, talking about it like analytically like this, well, who knows what the future's going to hold? Who knows who's going to be traded? What's going to happen? Injuries, all that crap. It's going to just like, unfortunately, influence the thing. But like, the way things are Absolutely, think you'd be like in the at least top ten, maybe you know twenty if I'm if it's not the best. Mm-hmm. But like, I and yeah, great. So and the league continues to get better, but so is Giannis. Ooh, Long and longer. as we'll have it wrapping up here, walking in, the only man that I know who is able to witness the game himself live. Well, well, well. Dominic, if you could just yell into the mic from from where you are, do you have a favorite moment from when you saw the game live or from any of the post-game celebrations? Just single moment. What stands out to me is how Chris Paul and Devin Booker must have PTSD, Devin Booker especially, because... He got stripped three times in front of my very eyes, and you could just tell that he was not only mortified, but just um, realizing the reality of the situation. And uh, may he win a ring sometime in his life, but not this year and not in the foreseeable future. Oh, yeah. All co-signed. That's a good one. Co-signed, and uh, whether or not he win he wins a ring on the court, gives someone else a ring in the future. You know he's already winning with Kendall Jenner, um, and any other off-court activities. We've already given a parental advisory warning uh, for this episode. And with that, I would just like to thank all of my friends here for joining me. Andy, Brad, Colin, Dom, Jenny, Hendog, who had to head off to Von Trier. Thank you all for joining me. This might have to be a part one and part two episode of Nuck If You Buck. Um, but we'll see how that goes in editing. Until I see you again, I'll see you in another life, brother. But we'll still be NBA champions. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother. <laughs>